Hey there, game designers. I'm Isaac, and I'm the Red Dragoon. And I'm Claire, and I beat Kirby's Dreamland. And this is Make, Make That, that game. game, where we pitch the latest, the greatest, new video game ideas that'll ever, ever, never, never, ever get made in a can. I don't know what that means either. I'm in a silly, goofy mood today. I guess. You said that like everybody's so creative. (laughs) Everyone's so creative. See how that didn't mean anything? That's what we want. (laughs) Those TikTok heads out there will know. Yeah, no, that's a TikTok (laughs) reference. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speaking of TikTok, I have a game idea. Wow, you didn't, even, you didn't even give me a chance to ask about it. You must be pretty yeah, excited about this I game idea. I am pretty excited about it, and I'm hoping <laughs> that you'll see the creativity in okay. how this has nothing I'm to already, do with TikTok. There, yeah, I'm very intrigued to kind of piece that together. So, um, the game name is No Photo Evidence. Okay. And you are a Sasquatch, otherwise known as a Sam Squanch. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. you have to navigate levels without getting your photograph taken. Ooh, I this is good. This is good. Yeah. So this is a top-down two D kind of game. So it's gonna have like a very Legend of Zelda, like Link's Awakening style perspective, um, as far as gameplay goes. And the levels will consist of you know a series of areas where there will be tourists with cameras, like either taking pictures and. So, like, they'll be on, like, a pretty consistent timer. Like, there's different kinds of obstacles. But, like, a basic obstacle example would be there is a tourist taking pictures of, like, their family. So, when the picture is taken, a flash will fill an area. And that is your cue as the player to say, okay, if I enter this flash area when the flash happened... I would get a picture taken of me and I would fail the game or lose hit points or whatever metric it ultimately has. So the goal is to like figure out where these flash areas are and then figure out the timing on how to avoid them. So if there's a very large flash area, you might not be able to get completely across it in one go. So you have to like analyze the situation and say, okay, there's a bush that I can get to before the second like flash and then I can run to the other side and no one will notice me. Like no one will get a picture of me. Um, There might be extremely difficult areas. Like let's say you're on the street in a city for some reason being a Sasquatch uh, and a bunch of paparazzi are taking pictures of a celebrity. So there's like tons of flashes going off constantly. And then you have to figure out like, okay, here's, here's how I get through this pattern. Um, So it's basically a stealth action game ultimately. It's the opposite of Pokemon Snap, and I guess I mean, that's all it's I It's not really... really the opposite of Pokemon Snap. It's like the mirror version, because you're the Pokemon who doesn't want to be captured, right? Like Yes. Like, Bizarro that's... World Pokemon Snap. So I have a bunch of basically like expansion ideas to this Okay. Thing. All right. Hit me with them. One thing I was thinking would be kind of fun is if like... I like the flash idea and that's like a carried through mechanic throughout the game. But there could also be just like maybe at like more challenging levels that you just have to have like knowledge of where cameras could be. Like you might not even see the flashes ahead of time. You just like see an opening in the trees. That's like, that's sus. I better stay behind these bushes. Oh, yeah, I guess. So that was an idea that I guess I, I, I didn't 
say it was internal. Okay. But thank you for pointing it out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Th- you're as good of a game designer as I am. I have to give you credit here. (laughs) No, but yeah, some of the challenges would be things like that. Like there's not always going to be like an obvious flash happening. There might be a flash triggered by you entering an area that like you cannot avoid because it like isn't on a cycle. It just happens as soon as you go into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's, I guess. And then you have to find your way around it or you have to find some other way of doing it. So like there might be tourists that you can distract by like throwing rocks or something and then they turn the camera away. Or you might be able to like send a deer out in front of you and they'll take a picture of the deer and then you can run through the area while the camera recharges. Is that a thing? Reloads Uh, film? So it depends on what kind of camera you're using. But yeah, there could be a film reload if it's a film camera uh, depending on the type of flash you have, those have to recharge if you're using okay. a flash. But it, it depends because, like, technology has moved pretty far. I actually haven't um, – the old camera I have has a rechargeable flash, but, like, any, like, digital camera or obviously cell phone would not have a rechargeable flash. It would just be always on. Uh, the um, the set- difficulty slider is what year it takes place in. Okay, great. So yeah. the hardest difficulty is modern like, day where they I don't like even that. have flashes – um, and they can do video records or like live, so it like continuously yep. shoots. And then the easiest setting is a Victorian era where it takes a four hour exposure. Yeah, I was gonna say that picture. might be too baby easy. Um, you might want to up that to like you the seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they literally wouldn't. It wouldn't work. No, I know. I, I was just you know we That's have fun here. I was funny. just making a little joke here. This is a comedy podcast. Um, Cool. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I was saying was that it was reminding me a little bit of like how in super hot VR, I had to like physically duck and stuff behind obstacles. And I'm like, it might be a fun VR game. Ooh. Okay. That's um, so after the initial version doesn't sell well for whatever reason, uh-huh. uh, the, the VR version is hacked together using Good. like demo code for Unreal or Unity or whatever. Perfect. Um, as as slap chop as possible, and then release, and then that is what makes the big money. That's 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 my game developer story arc for this game. <laughs> I also think that um, I would like it to have that there could be, and it doesn't have to, but like that there could be an asynchronous element to this, and I love asynchronous gameplay um, where one player plays the photographer. <laughs> so, do you mean asynchronous? Or asymmetrical? Asymmetrical is actually what I meant. Yeah. But I love asymmetrical gaming. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah. Actually, um, a a fun game. So let's, like, let's, let's, so we've designed two games here. We've designed my original, like, stealth game. Now we've got a VR game. And I think one of the modes in the VR game in the um, no photo evidence universe, the the no photo evidence expanded universe, one of the NPE. game modes is um, one player is the photographer and everyone else is various like cryptids yeah. and maybe the cryptids even have powers and the photographer has just got to get a, like a non blurry photo 
and then yeah, they're like running around. It. It's great. It's As chaos. Opposed, we love it. <laughs> I feel like the the normal person's idea of how this would work is, oh, everyone's photographers except for one cryptid who just has to hide. No, we're the opposite. This one photographer is for some reason in like a single campground with like six cryptids. That's good. And it's has to get a game. picture of any one of them. It's a good game. It's a good so, game. Yeah. That's no photo evidence, the um, Expanded Universe suite of video games. It's a whole franchise now, based off one little idea. Um, That's how games work. That's how it works. (laughs) That's true. Um, Do you have a game idea for us, Claire? I do, but I I think it's like, yours is just so good that, like, this is not as good. And I don't know how developed it is, but here we go. Uh, let's come on let's let's we'll we'll develop it as we go if we have to. that's always how it goes all right so this is called planet fun a mini game adventure oh i wonder where this inspiration got from <laughs> a lot of different inspirations but anyway um so the idea is it's gonna be like a 3d first person but it's also mixed with 2d arcade games so i mean this is oh. like the inspiration for this is basically any game that has a mini game inside so i was also thinking of life is strange 3 where you get to play uh the main character's brother's like arcade games in his oh, room. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like a minecart game? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a couple, but yeah, like, so things like that. And the idea is, so I'll just do the story now, is um, you're a teenager at Planet Fun, but all is not what it seems. So this is inspired by mini games. So like Kirby's Dreamland has a bunch of mini games. And like I said, like, there's just a lot of gamers love to put games in games, I guess. Because yeah. this happens Gameception. quite a bit. Gameception. Um, but it's also based on the Lotus Casino chapter in Percy Jackson. So, like, if you don't want Percy Jackson's <laughs> scroll away or whatever. but uh, Skip 45 seconds. Yeah. We'll, but, we'll, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you know the Odyssey, the Lotus flower, like, Lotus eaters, like, you eat the Lotus and then you, like, forget stuff. Um, so, the Percy Jackson universe, they turn it into a casino where, like, you don't realize that time is passing. You stay forever young and you're just, like, playing casino games and eating nectar and blah 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 um okay so basically the the planet fun is kind of this like it's like designed as a trap so it's supposed to like keep you there but you don't know that when you first start the game so the games start out as fun and simple but eventually will blend into real world world story this is the part i don't have like the full story idea but that like you'll kind of like in sailor moon where sail- the Sailor V game is, like, teaching them things. So, like, mm-hmm. the game will start to give you clues about, like, why you're be- trying to be held captive or, like, the fact that you even are, like, captive in this arcade and you can't remember why and, like, all this, like, deep lore. Okay. But it's starting to come out in the video games you play. And then also, like, the longer you play games, the harder it becomes not to play them. And, the- and not just because they're fun, because <laughs> they will be, but, like, the design of them. So, like, whether it's, like, the menu keeps changing. So like you try to exit the game, but it's like the the exit button is on the opposite side than it was last time. Or, you know, like, like mm-hmm. all these different things. It or, like hides um, from you. It runs away. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Like as it gets harder and harder or like the triggers, like the hit boxes for if you end, start to play a game, right? Because usually you have to like walk yep. up to a game and hit A. They're going to get like bigger and bigger. So it's like you can't navigate the arcade without having to play like at least one level in these games. Um, and so that's kind of how it like progresses into this like panic of like, oh my God, I'm stuck in this arcade. And you have to find your way out of the arcade. That's the game. So is the sinister, so I'm not sure if you've got this plan, but is the sinister goal of the arcade or villain or whatever that you become an arcade game yourself 
so I didn't have that planned, but I mean, that's kind of fun. And then you could have like some cool graphics of that. Right. <laughs> horrifying graphics. What I'm thinking here is like the reason the arcade games are like giving you hints and stuff is that it's previous people who were trapped in them. Oh, that's good. So yeah, you don't become an arcade game, but you become like part of an arcade game. And like the way that the games could merge into the real world story. So like you are a first person shooter who's like character right who's going a first person character it's not a shooter but like you navigate like different areas of the arcade and first person then play the games but like let's let's just use mario brothers as an example right um the the opening screen is pretty recognizable you know it's it's the green ground you walk a little forward there's a block and a goomba walks towards you maybe later in the game as you're becoming more and more merged into this system that like that let's like we're using mario as an example you played mario as like one of the early games in this arcade and then that sequence happens to you in real life like you exit you open up the arcade door to leave but instead of being like the street or paved area of the carnival or whatever it is a green area and a mushroom monster is walking towards you and there's a block and then you have to do that in the first person mode you re- I mean, like you replace certain aspects of games that you played again in the first person mode, and then you have to beat those to escape. I think I would only want that for like the end, like the end, the very right. This very would end. be like the, this would be like the final, like this yeah. is the escape area. Right. I like wouldn't the, want any other time. But yeah, and I think I think the design. I like that. I think the design challenge of this game is that you have to design mul- many games. <laughs> yes, which is you know good for what we do because we have a whole suite. That's true. Like just l- we'll listen to the last fifty four episodes. I don't know if we're up to episode fifty four. I think we're like forty no. something. Yeah, forty. But um, we listen to all of the rapid fire rounds, and each one of those is one of the arcade games i mean as long as they're like the 2d yeah we've designed a lot of arcade style games though so i think that would be pretty good um great well anyway that's you know trippy that's the game i like it yeah that's the one i should expose you there's there's a game that's similar in concept like obviously not exactly the same but um it's called pony island and um, I should show you after we record this because I think I have it on Steam. Oh, okay. Or maybe on PlayStation. Anyways, um, we've both pitched our games. Yes, what else is have. there to do on this stinking podcast? You know, we're done, well, right? Pack it up, a, pack it in. I mean, that's a good question. And what we tend to do on this show is ask questions. Oh, shoot. Wow. What a segue. That was a segue. We're getting so good at segues, <laughs> listeners. Um, very good. So, yeah, I actually have a question for you, Isaac. <gasps> Oh, hit hit me with it. Um, this is based on Breath of the Wild, which I almost called Links of the Wild again. We're getting there. So if you haven't been following along, I to me the Zelda series is not the Zelda series; it's the Link's Awakening series because I cannot Link's Awakening. I don't know my brain, and like Good. it sounds like Perfect. I'm doing it as a bit, but I'm not. It's my no. my brain will first think Link's Awakening, then I have to be like, that's not the game, and then I have to think the next level. So now it's becoming Link of the Wild, and I'm just like slowly getting to the right. At this rate, in three to seven months, <laughs> she will be saying Breath of the Wild. But then It'll I'll call good. all the games Breath. <laughs> all right, so Link's Awakening. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> based on Breath of the Wild, the weapon system in Breath of the Wild, your weapons degrade over time. So they break as you play. 
Uh, the more, you know, and different weapons have longer lasting abilities, but, at, you know, they're all going to break, um, including bows for shooting arrows, shields, all that good stuff. They all break. Now, Isaac was like, oh, you've never played a system with breakable, like, weapons before. And then I said, ah, yes, I have. Animal Crossing. <laughs> now, they're not really weapons in Animal Crossing, but like when you play Animal Crossing, your net or your ladder or your watering can, like those will break over time the more you use them. So I wasn't completely like unaware of this mechanic, but I did want to ask the question is, do you think this is a good mechanic? Like, is it like good for the story? And then also, Good or bad, what what is it saying about, like, the design of the game? Like, why would a game designer choose to make tools or weapons basically, like, breakable or, you know, need in need of replacing? So there's a couple different reasons. I'm going to tackle the latter one first. There's a couple different reasons why you would want this in your game design. For, like, a survival game you want it because it encourages the player to constantly be seeking out new resources to um, repair their existing weapons forge new weapons replace weapons etc etc so like um, Valheim is an exploration or is a survival game example Um, off the top of my head I don't actually know if it has durability in this durability is the fancy way I'm I'm trying to wow why don't I remember if it's got it I don't know. But, I, was, I was actually trying to remember Nautica, and I couldn't remember how they do it. I think some things you have to repair, but I know that most things last. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a in a way, durability is just a lot like consumable items, but uh, depending on the implementation, it, it it can be subtly different. So, like, a lot of games will implement it where a, an item has a certain amount of durability and it might become less useful as it degrades. So in Witcher 3, you have 0 to 100% durability and like when you hit certain tiers of durability, your item becomes like it, it does less damage to enemies because the blade is dulling and you have to sharpen it up. In Diablo 2, items have durability and you're fine all the way down until you hit 0, but then that item is unusable. Diablo is all the way down. Diablo's all the way down. That's a game pitch from an earlier episode, right? No. Oh, no, that was called Dig Devil Dig. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. Anyways, throwback. Um, so in Diablo 2, what that is is more of a resource sink. So the game designers have kind of created this thing where, oh, we want to reward you with so much gold and loot that you can sell for gold and stuff, but we also don't want you to grow exponentially out of control where you can just buy whatever you want. So what we'll do is we'll make it so every once in a while you have to spend a certain amount of gold, depending on how powerful your items are. Um, take that out of like your personal economy and yeah, just kind of like slow you down from there. So like you can't just hoard, oh, I've got a million gold. I'll just go into the next town and buy the best armor piece that they've got no you mm-hmm. have to con- you you have the t- the indirect method of taxation <laughs> disco wow. elysium internalize that thought of you know oh i've i've gotten ten thousand gold pieces but i have to spend seven thousand of that to repair my armor and sword and then world of warcraft does this to keep the economy somewhat tame so because that's a massively multiplayer game every character 
is earning gold from killing monsters, they the the gold just kind of spawns. They don't have like a central bank distributing gold to monsters. So because the money goes infinitely high, they need some method of removing some of that money from the economy so things don't inflate out of control. So they make it so that your weapons and armor have durability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do a raid, you get 1,000 gold pieces worth of equipment, but, oh, because you're at the maximum level with the best gear, it actually costs 900 gold pieces to repair all of your equipment. Okay, So only 100 gold is added into the in-game economy in that completely made-up example instead of 1,000 gold being added into the in-game economy. So basically um, it's a it's a fight against inflation. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, in many games it is. But then uh, to go back to the survival point, I um, that is just incentivizing players to constantly seek out resources. Because if you were playing a game where you could get the Iron Sword and then you... You never had to repair the iron sword. The iron sword never broke. You could just use that forever. Maybe that you are no longer encouraged to go f seek out more iron. Like after a certain point, you never need to delve into the swamps to gather swamp iron. Um, you, you, you might go out and get steel because steel is the next tier, but it does not encourage you to like return to these old, these incursions or uh, excursions. And it, that's a way that they can, like, fluff out how long you stay inside of a survival zone. So, like, survival games often have, like, different zones with, and that's, like, the difficulty of the game. So, in the Valheim example, and again, I'm not actually sure if durability applies to Valheim. For some reason, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been so long since I played it. But this design is in a lot of uh, survival games, so I'm just going to use it as an example. You start with the planes. And the plains have, like, stone and wood as the only resource. Then you have to go into the forest to get bronze. And then from the forest, you go to the swamp to get iron. And then, like, that's that's the progression. But let's add durability into the mix in case Valheim doesn't actually have durability. You might only go into the forest just long enough to get enough bronze to make one weapon and then immediately run to the swamp. And then, you know, you, you've played 45 minutes of this content where the game developers might want to slow you down and be like, okay, we want them to spend like a solid chunk. Like if this is supposed to be like an eight hour game beginning to end, we want two hours in each of the four zones. So to, to drag out the amount of time that you spend in the forest collecting copper, they make it so like, Oh, in order to get an entire set of copper equipment, you need a stone pickaxe. And then your stone pickaxe breaks like, every time you get like three pieces of copper effectively. So you need to continuously seek out stone to build new pickaxes. And it, it, it extends the amount of time that you're playing like the same content. It, it provides like an internal kind of gameplay loop to each area. Now, moving on to like Breath of the Wild as a specific example. Well, before we move on, oh, I, kinda, okay. I just had like a thought is, is Animal Crossing technically a survival game? Yes, I would consider <laughs> Animal Crossing 100% a survival game. Because um, that is part of it is like, you know, you either have to be selling things to get bells to buy new tools or you have to be harvesting things to make new tools. So it's like the tools breaking does keep you playing the game and like engaging with those things. Right. Exactly. So what you're describing, I was like, that's Animal Crossing. And it's funny to think of it as a survival game. <laughs> now, um, moving 
on to Breath of the Wild and to some extent another game I've talked about on the podcast before going under where weapons break. Um, that is like pure resource management um, and it's also encouraged to it also encourages you to explore like in Breath of the Wild <clears throat> if you could just get a soldier sword and then keep that soldier sword until you find the master sword you might not be encouraged to go wander into certain shrines or like monster camps or something because like oh what am I going to get a goblin spear that's way worse than the soldier sword or like you know it you're just not encouraged to seek things out but if you've got a soldier sword and it's flashing red and you're like oh it's gonna break in the next attack and then i only have goblin spears to back up i'm gonna go to this goblin camp and hope that they have like a spiked club which is worse than a soldier sword but better it's better than the goblin spear um so it encourages you to constantly like be seeking out like oh cool areas where you might be able to find cool cool new weapons and like keep yourself at full stock in case you get into a bad situation. Same thing with the shields and um, bows and stuff. They just want you to constantly be like seeking things out, yeah, exploring nooks and crannies to 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 find either cool new things or again just keep your inventory full going under is slightly more frenetic it's the same kind of concept um you have a bunch of weapons that are scattered all over the place and each one has a pretty severely limited durability like only a couple hits but that because it's a roguelike it's not really to make you explore more to an extent it is so that you are encouraged to like open up every room on a floor instead of just continuously going downstairs as soon as you find them. Um, I'm going to step back and explain what I mean by that for those not familiar with roguelikes. Um, a lot of them are oriented in such a way where like it's a randomly generated layout of randomly generated rooms. So you enter a floor, you have the starter room, you go into the next room and it's got, you know, one of a couple dozen variations. So it's like, this room has two shelves that block movement, and then it's got three goblins in it. And then you fight the goblins, and then it opens up the doors like in the other three directions. And then like it, the next room has a randomly generated layout or a pseudo randomly generated layout, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then one of the rooms has a staircase to go down to the next floor where the process begins again. If you don't have these various ways of encouraging players to explore more. Then they just beeline, they find the floor down, and they go down. A lot of roguelikes do this just by having like a treasure chest somewhere on the floor. So your goals are A, find the treasure chest, B, find the staircase. Because you want the item in the treasure chest, because they're powerful items. In going under, they specifically are like, okay, there's tons of items, but you have very limited durability. So you pick up a stapler, and you can shoot like six staples. And then you have to pick up a chair, and then that you can bash like three enemies in the face with it, but then you have to find something else, et cetera, et cetera. And you're constantly getting new items to uh, proceed through. So it encourages you to explore, to find the best, most durable items. Um, and then use those for as long as you can, but constantly be on the lookout for new items, similar to breath of the wild, but not exactly the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all the examples I can think of. Okay. And hold the design philosophy behind it. I believe there was a uh, second part I was to that asking, question. Like, is it good? But I feel like that's a bad question because it's like it could be good in some s instances. Uh, I think. Yeah. 
I could just give my opinion, I guess, or experience of gameplay with it. Um, I would say, because I only really have Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild to reference for this. And in Animal Crossing, I find it incredibly annoying. And someone made a great point on like a post 100 years ago that was like, why do watering cans break? Like, it's very different. <laughs> like, you can imagine that a homemade axe is not going to hold up for like very many treat shops, right? But like... Mm-hmm. Watering cans? Watering cans can last so long. Like, I just don't really... Like, it doesn't really make logical sense that that one would break. Um, So I think, like, though I see the the benefit of, like, why they would have it, because it kind of keeps you collecting things in the game, like you were saying, it's frustrating because, the I mean, Animal Crossing in general, and what I've said before about it, though I love the game, it just is so repetitive that it's hard. Yeah for me to like play it for forever but i know it's like not the case for everyone so this is just one of those other like repetitive tasks where it's like more annoying than exciting like it's not like oh boy i get to go like chop more wood it's like oh my god are you kidding me right now it just like slows down your progress whether you're doing like terraforming or you're trying to build furniture or something or you're harvesting stuff and all of a sudden it breaks you have to go all the way back to somewhere to either buy it or build a new one and it's just uh, anyway so I, i don't find that super pleasing but I was completely a fan of it in Breath of the Wild for a while. I thought it was, like, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it encouraged you to go out and explore, right? Because of that, and also because it kind of made me less precious about, like, weapon choice, I guess. Like, because I was like, oh, they're all yeah. going to break anyway. So I might as well use whatever the heck I want. And, like, yep. if I accidentally throw it in the wrong direction or, you know, it doesn't work the way I wanted it to, that's fine. Because it was going to break anyway and I can find another one. You know, like, that... That was kind of fun too. It felt it felt like I had to make less decisions, or it was easier to make decisions on what to, to what to use or try. Because like, I don't know. I just you know it's gonna break no matter what what I do. So yep. I'll just like keep trying new things. Um, so it does like that's a that's a different way to explore. Um, but what I started not liking about it is is because and I mean I'm new in the game, so I'm sure there's a place you can buy weapons at some point. But currently, the only thing I've been able to buy is arrows. Um, but I can't buy like bows or swords or anything like that. And I do. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that I got to a point where I literally had like no weapons. Like I had like two torches. And that's really tough because yes, like exploring gets you things you can use to fight with, but usually you have to beat enemies in order to like get those items. And so beating an enemy with two torches like near impossible. So like Yeah. That was a challenge I thought where where if I'm very low on weapons because they're breaking all the time, where does that leave me if I need to find more? Like, there's no easy way or, like, in-game... I mean, I, I don't want to say easy because, like, I understand why they don't want it to be easy. But it's, like, also, like, I do need a weapon in order to progress to find more weapons. So, for their design in Breath of the Wild specifically, I do know that there are certain areas... And I think you have to do certain things to actually unlock them. But there are certain areas where you can consistently get a weapon yeah. like every every day i think a new weapon spawns in that location i did find so like the horse stable has um nearby a field of just swords sticking out of it oh <laughs> so that's i think one of those places okay yeah so yeah there's there's ways that you can i mean it is still a little annoying like if you're in the middle of a shrine or whatever and all your weapons break and you need a weapon and then you have to leave the shrine teleport to the stable but like or, but at that at the point when i was like completely blank out of weapons like i didn't know about the stable you know like i yeah. like so that's tough cuz you still have to keep exploring and it's just you're going to get you're more likely to die obviously because you're going to get attacked and you won't have much to fight fight off with so 
You always have the bombs. I know. I keep forgetting about that. They, they're they not they're not very powerful, though, but, I mean, they do stuff. I just always forget that I have that power outside of shrines. Yeah, uh, sometimes, like, if you hit an enemy hard enough, and I think bombs usually do it, like, they'll drop their weapons, so you can actually bomb them and then steal their weapon off the ground before yeah, they pick I, it up again. Yeah, that has happened. It's risky, but you can do it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they've put things in. I'm just saying that, like, that's the part where I was like, okay, like, this is kind of annoying. And that's the takeaway here. If you're using weapon durability in your game, make sure that you have a, a like, use case and you plan for, like, what's going to happen in the worst case. Like, what is my plan for the player if they get into a situation where they have literally no weapons? How are you going to solve that issue? Think about that, game designers. Yeah, no, that's that's like... very important to keep in mind because people will not enjoy your game if they get in a situation where they feel helpless because of the durability system right if there's no escape from that bad reviews bad reviews you don't want those bad reviews (laughs) they they hurt they hurt a lot yeah well all right well i mean i guess that's that's the question do you have a question today i didn't even i I do not know but i yeah i actually do have a question actually okay um is it time now for the rapid fire round well i think i can answer that question with yes it is uh it is time for our (laughs) our final and my favorite segment of the show the rapid fire round we will generate three random words we will have five minutes to come up with a game idea based on those three words and we also have to come up with a name for the game we have to use every single word but we stretch the definitions and that's absolutely okay isaac are you ready for our first three words i am and I've got the timer going in three, two, one, go. Okay. I feel like this is, again, similar. We're, we're like, we can only randomly generate so many games. <laughs> Sorry. Here's the words. Calm. Okay. Qualification. Disappointment. Okay. Yeah. So, job interview simulator. Oh, okay. Um, You are either a disappointment or you prove your qualifications, but you have to maintain calmness. And the job interviewers... um. We'll do the most annoying things. Uh, okay, I actually, uh, now that I'm describing it, I don't know how to translate this into an actual gameplay idea. I was idea. like, I like this, but I don't, yeah, what is, I don't know what the gameplay is. Um, okay, like, have, I, I'm thinking of like, oh, don't like. Um, I think it's like, what do you call it? Like a rhythm game. So like you're, like you're, the longer the interview goes on, your like annoyance level goes up. But you have to like press keys in certain ways, almost like a just dance situation. To like calm yourself. To like keep yourself calm. And like as the interview goes on, those key commands become more and more complicated. Okay. Oh, I do like this. I do like this. So yeah, a, a, a rhythm game. Yeah. Where the level gets harder as it goes on. And then the theme is you're in a job interview being stressed instead of like a music based thing. Okay. Um uh boom and then the name is keep calm and you get the job maybe like keep calm and get a job so we can do it based on those like 2010 posters okay (laughs) yes all right uh boom with three minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock that was almost first game we might be getting too good at this yeah no we're gonna have to find some way to like change up the stakes we have to game design our game Three minutes. No. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for our next three words? I'm ready in three, two, one, go. Bread. <gasps> allowance. Okay. Occupy. Now this Occupy. will be this will be the 
third game about bread that we've had, <laughs> I think. It might even be more than that, but it's definitely at least three. Wow. Uh, we need the bread fact checkers to come and analyze our podcast. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, allowance bread occupy. Allowance bread occupy. So, I mean, like, bread and occupy obviously makes me think of late Miss, right? Because you stole a little full of bread, then you occupy the barricade, right? Like... But I don't know where allowance comes in. Isaac knows. Isaac's got an well, idea. Um, I don't know where the allowance comes oh, in, okay. but I do like the idea of somehow making this Les Mis. Um, what's, the, what's the daughter's name? Uh, Cassette. Cassette. So <laughs> you are playing Cassette. <laughs> I just like how you say it. And you have like to cassette. get an allowance oh, from... What? The way you're saying it sounds like cassette, which now is like the name of the the, the daughter in this game. Is cassette, okay, so, like a cassette so you're tape. cassette, and you're John Valjean's <laughs> yes. daughter. He stole bread, uh-huh. and now you and him are occupying a resistance area, and you do odd jobs to get allowance, and it's a mini game game. Okay, so, I mean, just, like, to give you back some of the Les Mis lore, like, this is not, like, the way it works, but I like, because Cassette is kind of, like, the character is kind of just, like, prissy and sits at her house and wears fancy outfits. So I like Yeah, because Jean Valjean does, Jean Valjean does not actually, uh, like, go into the barricade until, like, the very end, right? Right, right. Like, to... and then it gets destroyed. Oh, spoilers for Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, so, like... And he steals the bread way before Cassette is even yeah. in the picture. So I think I like, but I like the idea of her gi- giving her more of an active role. So I imagine this as like third person, like POV as Cassette, Cassette, the daughter of John Valjean. Yeah. And that like, she is somehow like fronting the resistance. So it's more like she's she, passing like, notes and like. Yeah. Delivering notes, cleaning guns acquiring guns or food including bread but then also maybe there's like a stealth thing of like john valjean can't know that she's doing this because he would stop her because he would want to protect her oh so the resistance is giving the allowance yes okay there we go all right i like this um now how do we uh john valjean ify the name les miserables Um, those ads (laughs) The Sads. Okay, well, boom, there. Two minutes and five (laughs) seconds left on the clock. The Sads, a minigame game uh, where you're in a revolution doing odd jobs for the resistance to get money. I guess, yeah. The Sads. All right, there it is. There it is. All right, final final round. Final round. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's from Link's Awakening. All right. A fin- Are you ready? <laughs> we got a s- spoiler. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Affinity. All right. Aware. Okay. Tone. Tone? Tone could mean a lot of things. You can tone muscles. It could be a tone of voice. It could be a tone, like a musical tone. Wait, so tone, affinity, and what was the? Aware. Aware. Tone, affinity, aware i don't know where affinity comes into it but tone and aware makes me want this to be a sound based like game yeah um like like the last of us has a lot of sound cues in it that you can use to play the game um blind or whatever like without 
like vis- vision. Well, so it specifically has an accessibility feature in which people can play who can't who have. Oh, like... that's specific. For some reason, I thought it was like part of the core gameplay. No. And then accessibility also expanded it to like include. Well, more so things. I think I think I think it's part of the gameplay in the sense that like sound is a big part of the game. So, but it was like very cool. Basically, they created like where things you're supposed to find have like sound, so you can tell how close or far you are from it just by okay. listening, and they would it would automatically read um, text and stuff. So yeah, it was. Yeah, so I'm thinking something like that, but I guess incorporated incorporated into like the primary design rather than just accessibility features. Yeah, is a game with minimal, if any, like actual visuals, um, where you're navigating via sounds. But then I don't know where affinity comes in. Yeah, I googled it because I I was like, honestly, I don't even know exactly this word very very well. Um, but it says a spontaneous or natural liking or sympathy for someone or something. Example, he has an affinity for the music of Berliotz. Also, a, okay. also a similarity of characteristics suggesting a relationship, a building with no affinity to contemporary architecture styles. Okay. Um... And then finally, a relationship, especially by marriage, as opposed to blood ties. I mean, I think this is where like we need the motive, right? Because we kind of have the gameplay design like... Okay, like you can't see very much, but it's all tone based on as you're navigating the world. I just remembered that M Night Shyamalan's uh, M Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, Shyamalan. It's just Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Like the Y is like silent. Okay, the village was about a blind woman navigating a forest with like creepy monsters about, and so the gameplay could just be slender the slender man game that took the internet by storm Uh some years ago um where you have to like collect various things like in in a creepy forest area and then there is a monster lurking around and you notice the monster via the sound it makes because in that game i believe static like as it got closer to you like there was a staticky sound um and then if you make that sound directional i'm not sure if it was in the original one like you can tell where the monster's coming from and be able to flee it Maybe you have you have like an affinity for killing monsters, kind of like in Pokemon. You, they're always like, they're always like. You're so good at you're this. So good battling. At this. You're wow. so natural at all of it. You're a ba- you're just amazing. And it's like okay, <laughs> maybe it's like that, or like Guillermo okay. in um, I guess spoiler. <laughs> what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Here's a spoiler. We've got 21 seconds left. And we still have to come up with a name and really fill in the affinity. Are we about to fail this one? No, let's call it What's in the Forest. And you have an affinity for killing the forest monsters that are trying to attack the village, but you can't see because it's dark. The end. So so you actually have to fight the monsters? Yes. Okay. Boom. All right. With two seconds left on the clock. It can have weapons that degrade. And the sound cues tell you whether your weapon's in good shape or not. Yes. Well, yeah. They have that in um, Breath of the Wild. It beeps at you. That's true. It goes boom. I I'm, I actually like the idea, and I'm, we're designing after the five minute mark. So this at doesn't this point. count. This isn't canon this, anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is not canon to the game. But like, ev- like when you swing it, like when you hit something, it has a different sound mm. de- depending on how durable. Yeah. How I, much durability actually, yeah, it has that's left? That's cool. That's cool. So like, a uh, sharp knife will like thwip thwip thwip, but then like Suddenly a dull like, knife mm. will thunk thunk. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I think it's a cool game. Yeah. Well, I think that's our show. I think that's it. 
Yep. Yeah. I know it's it. All right. Well, in that case, if you want to find us on the internet or you want to send us a game idea or, uh, you know, you have some opinions about the show, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email, make that game podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at make that game pod. You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at make that game. You can find us on Twitch. We probably will stream again someday, I think. Yeah, no, it was it, it worked out well. It was People fun. liked it. So we'll probably you know, we don't stream a lot, but we'll probably stream again. Twitch.tv slash make that game. And if you heard a game today that you think just needs to exist in this wide world of ours, we encourage you to get out there and make, make that, that game. game. You were zooming.